the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. And here we are. Yes, we are. The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Uh, post-game versus the Capitals. The Blue Shirts win two points. Uh, we're going to be stuck at the third position in the division no matter how it goes. The matter... The the matter is really about losing position if you think the Blue Shirts could give up where they currently stand uh, behind the Devils and the uh, Hurricanes. And, wow, bad news for the Hurricanes. We'll talk about it. Got Scott with us. Got Carl with us. We'll talk about this, what happened uh, versus the Habs, the uh, the Sabres over the weekend, the overtime winning uh, game, uh, the Panarin goal. But then he had the penalty versus Malkin and gave it all – well, gave a, a point back. And, 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 the, and the Penguins took the extra point in overtime on Sunday. But a nice uh, uh, win tonight, especially um, – Without Alex Ovechkin, and pretty much, let's be honest, if Alex Ovechkin is not in the Capitals lineup, you have to win the game. I mean, there's really no other option. I, you, you can't even bring that game in the overtime. You have to get every two points uh, on that night as is. But let's bring on Scott. Let's bring on Carl because we're going to have some fun tonight, man. Um, uh, we're going to have uh, not just our squad around the NHL. I mean, sprinkling some a little bit of other sports and stuff that's going on. Because your boy is always be, he be out of the loop on things. So if it's not live sports, I don't, I have no idea what is going on in the world, Scott. What's going on, man? We got Carl. Just say hello real quick. And I'll come right back to you. I'll come right back to you. Say hello, man. How you doing, man? Yeah, good evening, gentlemen. How are we? Hey, I'm good. And um, let's bring on Carl. Carl, say hello to the people, bro. How you doing, man? Good win for your blue shirts, man. Good evening, gentlemen. That game put me to sleep. I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I, hey, hey, I, I, you know, I, I did have some um, cold coffee in between the second and third period, so maybe I'm, I'm a little awake now, Carl. So I was getting a little tired watching that game as well. Um, let's talk about this. Oh, by the way, happy birthday to Lauren. Shout out to Lauren. Lauren was at that game, so hopefully she didn't fall asleep in the stands, uh, guys. Uh, shout outs to Glenn. Shout outs to RP. Uh, uh, Scott, you already know where I'm about to go with this. Uh, you gotta get, you gotta give me an answer right on the spot, bro. Top three scores in Maryland basketball history right now, right on the spot. Go. Uh, top three scores. Come on. All right. Well, um, right now. I, all right, well, you know, right, no I, Google, I, can give no you, I can give you number one. I can give you number one because I'm staring at the poster right now in my place. Uh, February 7th, 1995, number eight, Maryland, 86, number one, UNC, 73 at Coalfield House. There's a poster of everybody on the court. You can see me. on. I, I can pinpoint where I am. I'll text you that picture later. You can see I, I see myself on the court at Coalfield House. That was my freshman year. That's number one. Uh, the other two and three, I don't know the scores offhand, but I'd have to go no, no, with. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. That's not the question. That's the, the top three players, all-time scorers, all-time scorers. The oh, three scorers. I thought you said scorers. Scorers, uh, scorers yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, 
Well, I know Dixon's up there. I know Bias is up there, and well, Joe Smith, of course. Uh, without fact checking, there. without fact checking, those have got to be my top three. I'll fact check those and see how accurate I was. But I'm going uh, in no particular order because I'm not sure. Um, Joe Smith, Juan Dixon, Len Bias. Two out of three is not bad, bro. And you said his name oh, last I got two? week. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, Gravis Vasquez was the the other guy in the top three. Is is Dixon is Vasquez? Yeah, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Shout out. That's the Maryland Terrapins part of the program. Now, Scott, you have to educate me what what was going on with this video game version of the um, the broadcast. Well, first of all, let me say this: um, it's not too often that the Rangers get this national television bias broadcast. It was heavy bias for the Rangers tonight. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because I'm not, but normally it's not the case. Well, you know, Levy and then uh, Messier. It just felt like Sam Rosen and Micheletti uh, 2.0 on a national scale tonight, if you <laughs> ask me. But, but but give me your thoughts on the game. But this, what's this other broadcast? You wanted to vent about that, and we'll get to the North Carolina stuff later, but what was that all about? Because <laughs> I saw the graphic, but I didn't know what that. I thought it was just like, I, I had no idea what the hell they were doing. But Educate me, well, because I, I'm on the out of my loop. When I, I just turn on the game, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Well, they um. Well, I, mean, I sent you uh. You know, I I took a video of, of from my screen, so you so you you really saw what I was talking about. Carl, do you have any uh frame of reference on uh, on this animated thing tonight? Yeah, they were doing. It was a it was a kids design broadcast that was yeah. on um D- Disney. Um, yeah. That okay. was something that they've been promoting for weeks. Uh, specifically yeah. about it, so it's it's designed specifically for kids. Kind of, right. you know what the equivalent of it would have been. Um, in the in the the NFL did this a couple. Uh, they've been at the last couple of years where they've done the games on Nickelodeon, um, ah. kind of kidizing the game in a different way. That's pretty much what it's all about. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. I was watching the second period that way, and I showed Steve. Okay. So I just wanted to ask if you knew what I was talking about, so you know, so I can explain. Um, okay. So we so we all have some sort of frame of reference. So yeah, I watched the second period, and when I first turned it on, I mean, I'm starting laughing. I mean, it literally looks like a video game. It literally looks like you're watching a video game, like a you know, a, we'll call it like NHL. Eh, I don't know, 2006, 2007 for PS3. Uh, it was you know, it's like a cartoon video game, um, and I'm laughing, and I'm thinking like you know at first like the uh you know the get off my lawn old man and me wanted to say like are you kidding me with this but you know what i watched it you know it was live it was you know with the announcer so um you know obviously what you're watching on the ice wasn't you know exactly it but it was pretty good and you know i watched most of the second period that way and i i was like oh you know what i think they're on to something here like i wouldn't watch a playoff game that way uh you know a grown adult but i did watch you know a period just to see what it was like and then you know when it went four two then i switched back over um you know to, to the real broadcast you know to want to watch you know actual video but i, I thought it was actually a pretty good idea and if this is something that they could market properly, uh, and, and, and see, when I said I wanted to vent, that's what I wanted to vent about because, yes, Carl, when you say they've been hyping it, they've been hyping it like well, like for us, though. And, you know, I have not been seeing – I remember reading the article about it like a month ago, and I kind of like marked it on my calendar just because I knew I would forget about it. And, you know, I haven't been peppered with ads, and that's my problem. Uh, you know, I, I've – I've been complaining about that. The NHL marketing has been horrendous 
for years. And, you know, I, I it's no secret, you know, that we all hate Gary Batman. I mean, I got into an argument the other day with somebody who was saying how, like, you know, like he's such a great commissioner and how great the league is, um, you know, grown under him. And, and you know, I, I wanted to I wanted to strap on armor and, and, and challenge him to the gladiator arena. Uh, you know, this person, not no, Gary, well, yeah, Gary Batman, sure, but no, this person that I was arguing with, and, I, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, this is the worst commissioner in the history of sports. He's got four work stoppages uh, in his tenure. And not to get, you know, sidetracked, I've got to remember, but everything falls under him. And the, and the NHL marketing has always been horrendous. So here you have, you know, a great idea to try and engage the kids. You have, Dis- you know, Disney owns the, the whole damn world, but Disney owns, you know, ESPN and the family of networks. So, every, so the game, you know, it's on Disney+. Plus. So here's something they could be marketing. When you turn on Disney+, Plus, it should be the First thing you've seen for for a week, it should have been you know screenshots of this, what the preview, you know. They, when I go on Facebook and I see Disney and I see ESPN ads, you know, my my my, my day on Facebook, uh, it, you know, I, I get peppered with with WNBA ads to the point where I feel like that scene in Clockwork Orange, and there's a meme out of it where I'm sitting there with my eyes forked open with somebody putting drops in, then they're force feeding me WNBA ads. Like, why can't they do that with the NHL? That you never, ever see NHL ads, you know, come across the Facebook wall from the ESPN page ever. They should have been peppering this thing. You know, if, if, you know, you have, you have a, a chance here, you know, to have kids like 13 and under having, you know, the, the NHL taking over as, as maybe, maybe, maybe 10 and under, but you, you know, I mean, they had, they had something they could have really, you know, you know, hit the ground running with, and they did. They screwed it up yet again. And the NHL has just a long, glorious record of not capitalizing right. on their marketing. And the, to me, this is the third big example. The other two, uh, 2010, you know, the the, the infamous, uh, you know, Crosby's gold medal game winner when the entire country the United States was watching hockey for one afternoon. The entire country was watching and who never watched a hockey game in their lives. And even though they lost heartbreakingly, yeah, you know, people who'd never watched a hockey game in their lives say, were saying, where the hell has this sport been my whole life? This is awesome. And they did nothing to capitalize on that. Uh, the talk shows, the late night talk shows, Leno, Letterman, they wanted Crosby on the show as the big villain. Crosby said, no, he wouldn't go on these shows. The NHL should have forced him to go on the show, paid him off, whatever. But they, they did nothing to capitalize on the ca- on on the, on the, on the uh, um, you know, how big hockey was for that day with that gold medal game. And then they did it again with the 2018 Stanley Cup Finals. You've got the greatest storyline you could possibly think of. You've got Alex Ovechkin finally in the Stanley Cup Finals to win that Stanley Cup. And you've got something that's never happened in sports history before. You've got an expansion team in the finals. And, of course, you know, Bat- Batman's baby, the Vegas Knights. There was zero marketing for, for that storyline, for that series. And then if you remember, the game was on NBC, real NBC. Uh, and as soon as Ovechkin lifted the cup, they cut coverage. And then it went over to... To, to you know, continue the celebration on NBC Sports. But guess what? The average sports fan is not changing channels. You know, you and I, us three, we're we're changing channels. Yeah. What, do you want, want to say something? Yeah, I, I want to get cross thoughts on this because I'm, you are hitting the nail on the head on what I was going to actually ask you tonight. This is exactly what I was this area. But hey, Carl, you want any feedback to what Scott said before I ask Scott that question? As a matter of fact, I'll ask you that same question too, Carl. After you, uh, you know, you want to chime in after what Scott just said. Well, in thinking about this, like for instance, the Big City Greens thing came about at least to me personally. I mean, I 
kind of like last Tuesday. I think that was the first time I saw it. Um, the league would have been better off doing this on a Saturday or a Sunday um, when they would have coverage. Unfortunately, they've got this week up until Thursday where they where ESPN had an opening to show a game, and they were able to do it tonight. Ideally, you would have done this, let's say, on a Saturday afternoon. I think they had a couple of games on on Saturday, and you would have done it then. Um, because to do it on a Tuesday night is really, you know, school night. You know, it's, it's hard. The, the maximum amount of, amount of exposure is going to be very hard to pull off. So the, from that standpoint, I'm not going to I, – I would blame the league only for the timing on when they were doing this. Um, but in terms of NHL marketing, um, so me and a friend have been discussing this for about 20 years now. Um, like, I have my ideas for marketing, but my ideas for marketing go against a lot of conventional, traditional um, NHL sort of, you know, the old guard. And, you know, I know Scott was just, you know, talking about Batman and such like that. Part of it may be him, but a lot of this, I'm telling you from some who's this stuff, in, in, in the business side of this, a lot of these owners and also a lot of these players are not fans of marketing their own sport because they believe, this is just what the belief is, that the sport can sell itself. If you notice how many hockey players are doing national commercials, it's very few guys, just like baseball. There are very, you know, people blame baseball for not marketing their sport more. A lot of the players would rather not be marketed. They would rather not be known, unfortunately. And so the sport can only grow so much if the guys themselves don't want to be marketed in such a way. You know, we want the, you know, you want them to be front and center on, on some of the, you know, you see Connor McDavid on a couple of, you know, just regular, you know, 30-second ads for promoting some, some games. But just in the, you know, just the basic, the daily consciousness of the, of the sport – the sport does not like that. They've never liked that. They've never wanted to be that. And so they're always going to be capped in popularity until they sort of accept that. And because if you notice, there is the idea of the t- be, you know, player being you know, just a member of the team, not being anything outside of the team, that like, they don't want to be looked at as a, as a selfish person or someone who's too, quote, unquote, you know, out there. They want to insulate themselves to the team, and that's just kind of how this goes. And until that part of it changes, you know what? You're going to be kind of stuck in this sort of in-between hoping, wishing, praying, but not exactly maximizing the, the full effectiveness and the full efficiency of being able to, you know, get everything you want out of the sport being marketed to as many people as possible. Excellent. Hold Scott, I'm coming right to you with that because Carl laid out the foundation on exactly what I wanted to ask you and then also Carl because if you have seen my post maybe over the last couple of weeks, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on, you know, Facebook, I've been a very, uh, I I would say a a good uh, casual soccer, major league soccer fan. Uh, You see where I'm going with this because 
I think they've found something in this Apple TV um, subscription where it may look like um, it, it, it pushed away the casual soccer fan. I, and I really and I like what they did over the last two match weekends. Basically, uh, if you have this Apple TV subscription, you can actually watch a couple of the games on the house as long as you have an iTunes account, Apple TV account, whatever. So you don't have to get you don't have to pay the full package for watching all the games. You get whatever games they give it to you. It's it's a perfect setup because everything is right there in one area to watch the game. Like versus years before, kind of like what the ESPN is now, like. Or what, what sports is now, like it may be on different networks. So I'm going to come back to you, Scott, and based off what Carl just said, how do you feel as a, a big hockey fan, Scott, as far as do you think – basically what Carl said, and he's right, not promoting the sport even even further because it's this um, marketing versus this conventional method they've always been to, used to. I think in Major League Soccer, to be honest, is, has caught the NHL as far as popularity in this country, I, I really, and, and that's what the ratings have said, uh, or the viewership have said over the last couple of weeks. So what, what are your thoughts on that, Scott? Because I, I feel that, or I think that when I watch soccer, I mean, I, like, I love hockey too, of course, I'm a Rangers fan, but soccer, I don't have a team, I just watch. And it's easy, it's almost like watching football in this sense, because all the games are damn near on Saturday, no NFL, it's every game, everything is on one app. You know how it is with apps, Scott. You know with the movie apps like Netflix. You, know, you can find everything on one, all the games on one app. It's easy to find. NHL, you don't get that vibe because you know NHL is over eighty-two games, multiple networks. How do you feel about the marketing of growing the sport? And you know, go, you know, the league's been around forever. How do you feel about that? From what Carl said, and basically, you know, maybe NHL is not no longer the fourteen sport in this country. What are your thoughts? <sighs> Yeah, I mean, you know, Carl's not wrong, um, you know, in that whole, I, I don't really want to call it like an elitist attitude or, you know, opinion that hockey has, and that's not really the right word, but, you know, there, there is something to be said for that, you know, it's not wrong that, you know, hockey's different. You know, there's there's sports fans, and then there's hockey fans. There's athletes, mm-hmm. and then there's hockey players. I get that. There is a difference. But, in the, you know, the world is evolving. The world has evolved. You know, it's not just, uh, you know, with the streaming services. This is the wave of the future. You know, every now and then there'll be a game that's only on Hulu, you know, one game, and uh, you know, every, like one or two games per year. And then you see social media light it up. Oh, I can't believe I can't watch it. Like, like shut up, dude. What's Hulu's four dollars a month you know you, you go to 10 games uh you know i saw i, I saw you post and you went to 10 games uh you know so far this year at 100 bucks a pop and you're gonna complain you don't buy it but you're not gonna buy hulu for 4.99 a month like shut up like like so i you know this is the wave of the future you know everything you know and you actually asked me that exact question um the uh the other day about you know is, is this the f- yeah i think this is the wave of the future i mean uh and a uh uh, MSG is launching, uh, you know, a standalone app service. And, uh, you know, I think what would they say after after this year, after the season, in the summer, for like twenty nine, twenty nine bucks a month or or something like that, a hundred whatever bucks. You know, that's that's the wave of the future. I mean, HBO's got its own standalone service. You don't need cable anymore. You just get the apps. You got the Sling TV. You know, you got the Hulu. You got Amazon. You know, that's just where we're at. So having said that, um, yeah, I get it that the, uh, you know the uh, hockey is always a you know different, separate from the other sports, but. But 
I think they got to evolve with the times, um, you know, because don't forget these guys, you know, they, they want to be, they want to be separate. They don't want to be, you know, separate athletes as compared to other athletes, but they, they want to make that money. And, you know, now that, you, you know, like, remember we, remember when we signed Rick Nash for, uh, for what, eight and a half million dollars and it was like the biggest deal. And then he wasn't earning that contract. I mean, eight and a half million is a, is a third line guy now. Uh, you know, these guys want to make that money. Then the league has to make that money. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be sitting here in the off season wondering like, you know, who's not going to get signed because the salary cap's not going up. And then, you know, and in two years, the salary cap will go up so we can sign more guys. But you know what, if, if we can get on the level of the other three sports, it wouldn't be an issue. Because, um, I, mean, I mean, we have the best sport. We know that. We have the most exciting, best sport. Um, you know, and you ask anybody, you know, who's never, who, who's not a big hockey fan, you, you know, you take them to a game. We've all done it. We've all taken somebody who's not a fan of the sport to a game, and they'll be, and they go to a game for the first time, and they go to MSG, and they're like, oh my God, where's the sport been my whole life? You know? Um, <laughs> you know, there's no reason. No reason at all why hockey can't be up amongst with the other three in terms of popularity. And, yes, and, and the reason is, Carl, what you said, that, you know, the, hockey likes being its own little private fraternity thing. But, you know, with, with the dollar amounts that are at stake, if these guys want to make that money and if, if, you know, we want salary caps to where we don't have to, you know, cut guys and get rid of guys that we love uh, because, you know, do what we have to We had the do to fit Patrick Kane in last week, um, then they got to evolve with the times. And then this is, this is where we're at. And they need to start marketing the league, um, you know, to compete with the others. And it can be done. It, it, it's not an impossible task. I mean, when you look at the NBA, um, I mean, yes, I, I realize globally the NBA is, is ridiculous, the money they make. But, I mean, like, how many people do you really know that, you know, if they had to choose one sport, they can only have the NBA or the NHL? How many people do you really know would actually pick the NBA, you know, amongst, like, our own little circles here? I don't. I, I can't even name one. Not one. So, you know, there's no reason why if they don't do it right, the NHL cannot compete with, with these other three sports. And I think that they have to lose that, you know, private, you know, we're special sport kind of attitude with the dollar amounts that are at stake. If these guys want to make the kind of money they want to make, then, you know, because, I mean, yes, I know that hockey players play for the love of the game more than you can say for any other sport. I, I get that. But they also play for money. <laughs> you know, they, they want to get paid too. Um, you know, it, it's more about the love of the game than the money. Yes, absolutely. No argument there. But they also want to get paid. And if these guys want to get paid what they should get paid, I mean, these guys are gladiators. They should, in theory, be, be making a shit ton more than baseball players just because of what they do and what they go through and what, what, what the, 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 the assault on their bodies and the effort that they put in. Yes, in theory, they should be making more than baseball players, but obviously that's a ridiculous comparison to make. It's never going to happen. But there's no reason why the NHL should be so far behind the other three sports. And, yes, Steve, as you said, we're probably getting lapped by MLS right now. And, you know, I get it, MLS. I mean, I know what soccer is to the world. I get that. But in this well, country, they shouldn't have a hockey beat. Well, yeah, I look at it like this. I want to go to the call. But let, me, let me chime in this point because I think there's a different there's, there's different factors with the soccer. It's like it has that NFL factor with – one game a week. That's easy. If you could base all your your schedule just to attend one game, and it's pr- pr- primarily on a college football Saturday, 
that's easy to make. Where most fans, you know, hockey's spread out throughout the week. You know, you're going to have a games on every day of the week. So, and it's 82 games, so there's more games to watch. So you may not watch a game here or there if you're a casual fan. But if you're a fan, like big-time Rangers fan, like you guys, you're gonna, you guys are going to watch every game. But soccer is just like the, like college football or the NFL, where it's once a week, you know, and it's on a Saturday. You know, a lot of people, if you work during a week, you could base your weekend on entirely tailgating. They got the tailgated aspect that hockey doesn't have or the NBA doesn't have. Soccer has that. It's the same, the same concept with the NFL. Um, but there's also this other dynamic, too, Carl, and, and you're familiar with this as well. Where Scott, you too, because you guys have left the New York area at some point, moved away, and soccer brings that other element where if you are a if you let's say you're a, a, a Rangers fan living in I don't know Texas or if you're living in Illinois or you know, or anywhere and you don't have a soccer team because you didn't grow up watching let's say the Red Bulls or MLS was in its infancy. You could literally pick up your new team wherever you are at, and I think they have that advantage as well. A lot of these Gen, uh, yeah, like Gen X, well, millennials and Gen Z, uh, you know, adults, they 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 left wherever they're from, Chicago, Boston, wherever they've moved to some part of the country. Probably even like sports like that, but they found some sort of uh, something to grasp onto, like MLS, where it promotes the younger adult fan. And you could be a fan in Austin, Texas. You could be a fan in um, San Jose or, or, or the, the new team in L.A., you know, since 2018. So I think they had that. They, they're reaching casual fans we didn't ever think of. Uh, uh, Carl, I'll pass this back to you, and then I'll chime in after that. But anything you want to say after what Scott said or what I said as far as MLS and hockey? And we can spring with some uh, Rangers thoughts as well or NHL thoughts as well. Well, a big Part of the issue, there's a couple things here, right? One, if you guys know David Stern, the the late David Stern, the NBA, um, former NBA commissioner, Gary Bettman has actually worked alongside him for years before he took over the NHL. When he came into the NBA in 1983, I think it was, I think it was 83, his stated goal was to grow the sport globally to the point where his dream has been realized 40 years later. Like, if you look at who the top, like, 10 players are, five or six of them aren't even born in this country. So he, the ability to have basketball everywhere and accessible to everyone has made the sport the money that it has. And then, of course, you know, what, you know, what happened in the 80s. Because remember, when they started, there was tape delay, there was drugs in the league. Folks didn't really give a damn about basketball. Then, you know, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Mike, you know, brought the league back. Michael Jordan took it to another level, and now here we are today. In the NHL, you've got a much different scenario because up until about, what, 1980, maybe middle, middle of the 80s, if you took a look at the U.S. map and look at where the hockey teams were, you know, most of it was pretty much concentrated in the Northeast and Midwest. There was basically nothing to the South and nothing to the West and nothing to the Southeast. And if you fast forward now about 30 years, while there are teams there today, 
the popularity of the sport in those areas all these years later has not sufficiently grown at the rate that it probably should, you know, whether it be access or whatnot. Because, like, you know, when, we, when people talk about hockey, you know, if you say a team from Florida, you know, you kind of, it's kind of met with a, with a snicker, like, you know, or, or a team from, you know, Texas down here, mm-hmm. you know, California. You know, it, it seems like if it's not, you know, a Northeast team or a Midwest team or a Canadian team, it's almost as if it doesn't count. And, you know, all the other sports, you know, pretty much are able to have a coverage map of, of um, you know, where the sport is pretty much a popular sport in all of those places. Basketball, football, um, and baseball all match this. The NHL does not. You know, it's kind of, to be fair, listen, it's in warm weather areas, it's very hard to promote the sport in a place where it's 80 degrees out most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have to be, you're not going to go outside and play hockey because you can't. <laughs> you know, you're not going to, you know, you're, you see like those videos of like people like out on their lawn, not on the lawns, but like out on their back, you know, backyards, you know, you know, just, you know, playing sort of pond hockey. You're not going to get that in about half the country. You can get half the country to go out and play baseball. You can get half of them to go play basketball and you can get half of them to go play football, but you can't get them to do hockey. Because there's just structurally, you know, it, it's you're not going to make that happen. So having them then turn in tune, have them tune, you know, turn on, you know, ABC, ESPN, NBC, whatever channel the hockey game's on. Hey, watch this hockey game tonight. That you, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, get an imprint in someone's mind. It's hard. You. You know, so there are some some sort of structural imbalances that exist right at the sort of the foundation of what, you know, of of the league that unfortunately, you know, maybe 30 years from now, it'll develop and they can do something. But as it stands today, you can't get us, you know, outside of maybe Austin Matthews, I think grew up in Arizona, you know, you can't get most guys or most folks at the age of seven years old, you know, when the – Folks start playing hockey when they're what, five, you know, when they start learning how to skate, maybe five, six, seven years old, they go, you know, they start playing, you know, kitty hockey about eight, nine, then all of a sudden, you know, and, and so on. Where, in, 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 the, in the U.S., like, where are you finding that outside of just a few select places? And so those guys, if you're not going to do that, it's going to be hard to watch the games. It's going to be hard to get, you know, sort of involved day to day in the interest of the sport. And all that play, it's all interconnected. It all plays onto itself. Yeah, Scott, I'm going to go right back to you, but I want to fill in that one point Carl said about you know, the soccer and, and their advantage, I believe, they have with this trying to find casual fans. Soccer is the number one global sport. And what they've done, from what I've been seeing and researching, is they know they're the number two soccer league, or number three probably in most, in most continents behind the Premier League. But they've used their players or talent level to bridge players to get to the Premier League. So it kind of works hand in hand. And then on top of that, like I said, to me, this is the biggest game changer with this Apple TV subscription base where now you could be a soccer fan living in Africa or Europe or Asia, and you could just have Apple TV and watch MLS soccer at the same rate or same price as any American. That's a huge advantage as far as growing the sport. 
Uh, I didn't even realize, of course, it's not as big as the Premier League, but there are like this following of soccer fans or MLS fans in, 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 in Europe. Like kind of like it is with the NFL. I I I was a, I was amazed, blown away because it's not really promoted or it's not really marketed. Like if you come across it, you can't unsee it. But I, I just like I found I found it really fascinating that to me MLS is going to pass NHL in the next few years. I believe because they reach in casual fans that the NHL has it into. Like Carl says, you know, soccer is the number one sport. You could just you know, and just around the world and and doing it and just playing once a week. And, and marketing to people who, especially in the States where they always move around, they move to Florida, they move to warm places where hockey isn't as popular like the Northeast, it's a, it's a really big deal. But also, um, yeah, and, and it goes back to what you were saying, Scott, when you first came on about that, the promoter, you know, with that, with the, what's it called? The, uh, the, the big city greens, whatever they did tonight. I didn't even know about yes. that. I had no idea. Like, when I turned on the game tonight, that was the first I saw of it, Scott. But I'm, that's the goal is to say, show what the NHL is trying to promote versus how another league is saying, okay, you want to do that? Well, we're going to try to catch baseball because MLS, in my opinion, is going to catch baseball. Outside of the older teams in MLS, like the Revolution, like D.C., uh, the Red Bulls, Chicago Fire, teams who are established, like the Galaxy, these newer teams are hot. Like Carl, can, if you matter of fact, Carl, can, if you if you could really chime in real quick, then we'll go to Scott. Cause didn't you not go to a Nashville game that first weekend when when the Giants were in Nashville? Yes. How was the energy? Give me give me just give it like you you go to games. So compare the energy being at that versus like you know well, maybe hockey or mm-hmm, NFL. Well, remember remember the game that we went to uh, in Atlanta. Oh, that's Atlanta, right. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Two thousand eighteen. There was a playoff right? game. Yeah. Yes. And it was like 70,000 people at that Mercedes-Benz Stadium that we went to. Uh, and that was, yeah, that was the year I think that that Atlanta team actually won the MLS Cup. You know, so mm-hmm. you saw the excitement when we were in, in that particular uh, area. I don't know how long that Atlanta team has been around, but you saw it when we were heading to the game, inside the game, and after the game. That was just an exciting, uh, you know, exciting thing to just be a part of. Um, so that's... You know, that's something that, you know, you just, you know, yeah. And, and there's, hey, listen, and, you know, they're act, and they're still doing more things to, you know, sort of develop this sport. One thing that I was going to mention that it just came out today, for the first, starting this season, for the first two rounds of the MLS playoffs, the teams that are the higher seed in the postseason will be able to pick their opponent. <laughs> the first, mm. Could you imagine the <laughs> NHL? Could you imagine the NHL playoffs this season if, I don't know, the Boston Bruins were able to pick one of the two wild card teams that they would want to play in the first round of playoffs and then pick who they want to play in the second round? Could you imagine? Like, the NHL would never go for that, but that's, they're just thinking of ideas. Let's go back to Scott. Uh, anything else you, you want to ask, Scott? Cause, uh, Scott, because you've been to St. Louis, you know, for uh, games, hockey games. They got that new team in St. Louis, and that thing is buzzing. You know, uh, with, you know the growth of this. That's a new franchise, and in a traditional baseball team, town like St. Louis, and the Blues have just came off of Stanley Cup in 2019. But anything else, Scott? And let's also sprinkle a little in uh, some uh, Blue Shirts thoughts as well. Um, and if you have any thoughts on that, what's it called? The Big City Greens uh, marketing uh, the NHL did. Yeah. Yeah, Big yeah, City Greens. It's actually a comedy show. Is it comedy? <laughs> 
Yeah, um, and 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 Carl, you, you you nailed it right on the head when when you said that you know they 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 just decided to debut this thing on a Tuesday night. Um, you know, maybe maybe this was a dry run just to see if they could broadcast it at all. You know, to see if there were glitches and whatnot. So you know what, it was. I, I think in my mind, I think it was success. Like I said, it was cute. It's not something that I, as a forty six year old hockey fan, I'm going to watch. You know, sixty minutes of a of a close game in that. But you know what, it it it, it they proven it could work. So now the NHL's on the clock. Let's see if they completely butcher this, which they will. But now that, that it, they, they did, we'll call it a dry, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and call it a dry run, a dress rehearsal, to just to, you know, just to see if, if it worked. And it did. Um, so now, you know, pick, and, and you know what, if you want, if you want to pick a, a, a Crosby Ovechkin thing or whatever, because that's, you know, that's according to Gary Bettman, that's the only rivalry in all of hockey. So, you know what, <laughs> do, do whatever you want. You know, you know, pick, pick, pick a Penguins capital, say whatever. But now they need to pick a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon, you know, 2 o'clock game, 1 o'clock game, where they can market it to the kids. And they need to assault social media with advertising. I, if I see... 10% of ESPN ads as, you know, for this game, 10% of what I see for the WNBA, then we'll, then we'll call it a marketing success. But, but they, they need to, to, to put this thing into high gear and do a real run with it and, and, and get kids, you know, interested in this and have kids watching it because there's no reason why they can't. They, they, they're on to something here if they don't completely screw it up, which, of course, they will. As I have no faith. I have as much faith in the NHL marketing department as I do in the Department of Player Safety, which is to say zero. No faith. Never had it. Never will. Anyway, um, but yeah, see, you know, you know I, I see you've been posting a lot about the, uh, the MLS lately. Admittedly, I finally picked an MLS team uh, four years ago, uh, and my team is the, the Montreal Impact, or I will actually, they just changed their name to, they, they pick one of them stupid soccer names, CF. They had a good game versus whatever. Nashville in the rain on Saturday. Yeah, had a good game versus yeah. Nashville this past Saturday. Yeah, I, I saw. That. Exciting game in the rain. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, they're 0-3 and haven't scored a goal yet. Uh, probably why I like them so much. They remind me of the Rangers. Um, but, uh, if you, you continue on, can I ask you a question? Because this is how I, I chose not to pick a team in soccer. I said, okay, I'm a Nick Giant Yankee Ranger fan historically. I said, okay, I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to watch a sport more, you know, like the last six, seven years. I'm not going to have a squad. Was there, as a fan, was there a reason why you chose the sport? Like, I went the Gen Z route, basically. I'm just going to follow the sport, maybe players, but I'm not going to have a team. Why did, why did you pick a team? Just from a fan perspective. Oh, I thought you would have been able to. Uh, I thought you would have been able to guess why I picked Montreal of all teams. Um, because no, I don't like soccer. Um, I'm not really a fan of the sport. And in my adventures mm-hmm. up there, and you know, I've been up for 11 Ranger games. Um, you know, the season starts in February, so it just had to had to happen that uh, eventually they, they, they would overlap. And 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 maybe about four years ago, it was a Ranger game in February. And uh, you know, Patrick is a huge, huge soccer guy. He's uh, um, I forgot mm. who he likes in, in, in the Euro League. Uh, probably Manchester United, I guess. Or I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's a, England is his team, like in international play. He, obviously, he's going to root for Canada, but there's not much going on in, you know, Team Canada soccer these days. Um, but, mm. he, you know, England's his team. So, you know, he's a huge, huge soccer guy. So I went up there once uh, about four years ago, and the season had just started. And they actually, be, you know, it's, so, it's, well, it's cold everywhere in February, usually. Um, but it's so cold up there that they 
the game was actually indoors at the uh, at the old Olympic Stadium. And let me tell you, that stadium has not aged well. And actually, according to Patrick, it didn't <laughs> age well when they opened it uh, for the Olympics. They put like you know these Olympic stadiums and you know in any any city that's not the United States, you know they they put these things together for bottom dollar, even a first world country like Canada. But that stadium was not state of the art when it was state of the art, and it has not aged well. Um, and it, but, but supposedly they're going to do some renovations to it. But in any case, so I saw my first game about four years ago in February mm. um it was I forgot who they played they lost but then a couple of years later I went for another and, and I had fun though I you know I went to a game and and you know it's funny because you know we talk we talk about like the casual sports fan who doesn't like hockey but then you take them to a game and they're like oh yeah this is great and then you know of course there are people that have been to a game that'll say or, um you know yeah I'm not gonna watch it on TV but uh, I'll go to a game it's pretty cool or I'll tune in for the playoff you know that kind of thing that's exactly how I was with the soccer and I went to a second game up there so I've been to two MLS games in my life and both of them were Montreal home games, so why would I not pick them uh, as my team? But I, I don't okay. uh, like the sport enough. Like, I'll watch some World Cup. I'll watch the U.S. when they're playing. Um, that's pretty much it. I, I, I can't see, you know, I, again, I, I enjoyed going to the game a lot, the two games, but I, I, I just I can't get into it. Um, you know, I, I, I give these guys credit for, for how much they're moving around and, uh, you know, the athleticism. I'm not going to take that away from them, but I just – I, I just a sport that you, you, nine times out of ten ends zero zero. I'm sorry, that just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, that's the thing about that because I'm I like hockey, the sport better than soccer. But I would say the last I don't know, definitely the last seven eight years, I appreciate exactly why I kind of watch it for the athleticism part. I, I as an adult now, a middle aged adult now, I kind of appreciate what they do. And, and then also, like Carl said, it's the energy that they're bringing. Like, it's college football, like, in some of these places. Not necessarily the older teams, but look at the new Philadelphia team or the newer Philadelphia team. Um, Miami, um, like Carl said, Atlanta, Austin. They got the new L.A. The, the second L.A. team, the energy is just NHL playoff-like. Let's go back to Carl. And, Carl, if you have any other thoughts. And also, if you want to, you know, talk about, you know, Miller's return, uh, the line shuffling by Gallant. And, I mean, the Rangers are kind of stuck at three, and it's all about chemistry, right, For at this point. But, you know, Carl, what I didn't think was that Jersey was going to catch Carolina. So maybe we may need to get on that plane and play them, huh, in the playoffs. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, I, I, I guess probably the last thing to, to kind of um, close down the, the soccer and, and, and NHL discussion, you know, right now the NHL has, to, has been trying to figure out ways to make you know, revenue, you know, I think Scott mentioned about Rick Nash's salary of like $8 million. And that was what, 10 years ago, almost going on now. Like the, the highest NHL salary today is only 12. Like think about that. 10 years, the average, NHL, the salary of the NHL players don't have gone up, but no more than 50%. I mean, that's not really a whole lot. When you think about it, that, that number should be much, much higher than it is. But, you know, the league, unfortunately, has not been able to, to sort of make the revenue. But, you know, some of the things that they've been trying to do to make revenue, you know, has been met with some level of resistance. I mean, think about it. Up until this season, they didn't do the whole uh, digital advertising along the boards. All of a sudden, they did it to start the season, and then it got, and it got fans sort of, like, freaked out. I'm like, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the sport's trying to make money here. Like, you know, the, they finally did some, you know, the digital ads on the on on, on the uh, on the glass. They finally did some of that, some of the stuff on the on the ice itself. You know, trying to figure out just 
revenue ways. And unfortunately, you know, the, the, there's a certain percentage of the fan base. Maybe they're old. Maybe they're just sort of like ornery in their ways. And they're like, I, I just miss the old school stuff. Well, unfortunately, those days are over. Like, you just got to get over it. And the league has to figure out new, whether it becomes soon enough advertising on the on the sweaters. That's the next thing that's coming. You know, that if, if you know, outside of, you know, the CCM or, or, or what or the Reebok on the on the on the back. But like actual, you know, you probably see like a Chase uh, logo on a Rangers jersey sometime in the next three years. I have to believe that's going to happen because that's, you know, depending. I know in the NBA, I think some teams get $20 million, you know, to, from, from, from some of these companies to put their logo, mm-hmm. you know, on their, on the uniform. That's baseball's already looking into that. So that's going to be the next thing. So you have to figure out ways to, to maximize revenue because you can't have every year where we're talking about basically the cap staying flat or a $1 million increase that, that the, the, the amount that guys are asking for and the amount of money available isn't adding up. You know, we, we, it's been sort of stuck in the mud for about a good, I don't know, five year five, six, seven years now. We NHL players need to figure out in the, in the league has to figure out a way to, to make uh, more revenue, but on the, on the ice, remember I told you a month ago, we're just playing out the string. And that's exactly where we're all right now. Like, there's nowhere the Rangers can go, and it's just really now a matter of of holding off the bottom half, um, just getting enough points. And you know, is, I think the one thing that I'm starting to look at here is trying to find a way to maximize the entire lineup. Uh, I know RP about a week or two ago, and he's been sort of on this a bit, you know, talking about you know, sort of keeping the kid line, and then the other six you know, on, on the first and second, trying to figure out their way. Uh, I am sort of coming away from that theory because I need to find out right now who the best combinations are, regardless of the, of the lines. I'm not for right now keeping certain guys just because. Uh, I want to find out today between now and April 13th, I think is the last day of the season, I want to see where the lineup can be maximized. And that, to me, because I'm not, I'm not a fan of, do, of experimenting in the postseason. I want to know in advance, and I think, you know, we'll see it play out here over the next couple. You know, should should Kako be up, you know, with uh, with the guys like Kane, or should you know, should should uh, Kane be on a different line with you know some of these some of these other guys with, with, with Hedl? I, I gotta, I need to see all of this play out. Um, one thing that I have noticed, and I was going to talk to you guys about this tonight. Um, you know, Adam Fox is not played at the level that I think he should be playing at. And I know that a lot of the reasoning behind it is because Lindgren is not his partner the last eight, nine games. Um, unfortunately, probably by the start of next season, Lindgren's not going to be on the team. There's a very high probability of that. And so postseason, this happened as well. When Lindgren was out, I think it was two games in the Pittsburgh series, all of a sudden Fox's play and the defense's play had dropped off dramatically. And I'm thinking in my head, and you guys can chime in on this, is Fox's play specifically tied to Lindgren being there? Or is this something that Fox is just going to have to just sort of, you know, figure it out? Because Lindgren's not going to be on the team forever. And eventually that has to sort of come to a head. The Rangers are not signing four defensemen to big money contracts. That's not happening. So how does that sort of find itself and figure itself out? Um, because the way Lindgren plays on its, on, just on its own, 
is a style that's going to, I feel like it's going to put him in positions where he's going to end up just missing time randomly regardless. So what do you guys think about that? Let's go to Scott with that. I'll answer that because there's some things I saw from tonight's game that I don't want to chime in, but let's get get a crack at that. Yeah, I I think uh, definitely that uh, that Lingard's absence is affecting Fox. And, you you know, you you, you hit it on the head. Um, You know, you you just said it, the same thing that I said a few weeks ago about, uh, you know, referencing that Pittsburgh series when he was out. Now that's kind of, you know, when when they've been playing together all year long and for several years, uh, you know, he he gets a pass for that, for the the team being kind of discombobulated and he being discombobulated uh, when that happens during the playoffs. Now, fortunately, it was a short absence, and obviously they didn't miss a step when he came back. Um, Now, here we have it again, and yeah, I think, uh, and and don't forget, for half of this stuff, we didn't have Miller either, and you've got, you know, you're missing one from from each of your top two pairs, so the the entire dynamic of all the defense, not to mention the entire team, the ability to generate offense was just gone. But, you know, now Miller's back, um, and he, he looks pretty lost out there too. And that's a story, you know, that's, that's, a, that's another topic, uh, you know, for, for another time. Um, but yeah, I mean, with, with Fox, with how good he is, he's, he's a Norris winner. He's not a kid anymore. I mean, he's, he's still young. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's at the point where he needs to be able to get over it. And I, I, it's still noticeable. And, you know, if, if he loses lingering from this team and, and starts the season from scratch with a new partner, that's different because you've got training camp, you got, uh, you know, you've got time to mesh, you've got time to play around, see what works. You've got the first 10, 15 games of the year to figure it out if he hasn't found it by then. So that's a whole different story. I'm not worried. I mean, I don't want to lose lingering, but yes, this is the business. This is how it's going to be. We're going to be losing some guys. We know this. Um, I agree. Lindgren might, it sucks. Don't want it to, to, but he might very well be one of them. But, you know, starting the season from scratch is a different story. Here, eight games, you know, with Fox, as good as he is, he should have been able to adjust a little better by now uh, with, with whatever partner. That being said, uh, we are on day 17 of Lindgren's day-to-day. I said it two weeks ago. Day-to-day <laughs> means, means month-to-month in, in Rangers speak. It always has. Um, so, we, uh, you know, the good news is they haven't downgraded it, uh, I guess. I mean, you know, at this point, you know, it wouldn't shock me one bit if they just change him to LTIR for, you know, after all this time, but whatever. Um, hopefully his return is quote-unquote imminent. Uh, it's been imminent for two and a half weeks, but uh, I know that he was a game-time decision the last couple games, so it's getting better. But in any case, um, he, he with, with Fox as good as he is, he should have been able to, uh, I think, adjust a little better than he has. And... You know, whatever happens when Lindgren, if if and when Lindgren is is gone from the team, um, I'm not so much worried about it to start training camp with a new partner as I am uh, doing it here down the stretch. Um, I think they need to find their identity. And, you know, Carl, as you said, yeah, we got to find the lines that work now before the playoffs. And, yeah, I I think uh, something's not working um, you know, I wrote down here, you know, ever since that seven game win streak ended, um, I wrote down uh, before the call, 
the, the amount of shots they're getting, and it's it's not enough, nowhere near. You know, before tonight, tonight was a good win. I'm, I'm happy all around. I don't really have many complaints other than they kind of stopped playing in the third period, but the good news is they more or less clamped it down defensively enough. That's just Rangers hockey right there, you know, hang on and, and, and you know, thoughts and prayers for our goalie to, to save it. I hate when they do that, but that does happen from time to time with the Rangers. Um, but so before this game, you know, we were, we, 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 we took uh, five out of a possible six points from, from the last three games. And they were the most unsatisfying five points I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, the, the Montreal game, there's no excuse for winning that in a shootout. Um, the, uh, the, the, you know, Pittsburgh, we played eight, seven minutes of hockey in that game and, and got out of there with one point and, and, and lost, you know, if we played 11 minutes of hockey in that game, we win that game probably in regulation. So that's a disappointing one point. And um, the, uh, the, the OT winner, uh, what game am I missing in there? Buffalo. The Buffalo game. Buffalo. They had mm-hmm. 26 shots. I mean, Buffalo, I understand, is a little more dangerous of a team. They're not bad, and they're, and they're fighting for their playoff lives. But that being said, the Rangers just didn't even show up in that game. So, you know, backtracking here, 29 shots. There's no excuse with the firepower we have, you know, we don't need to name the names. We know who they are. With that top, with that top three, well, top three, top three lines, whatever they are, there's no excuse for this shot total. 29 against Pittsburgh, 26 against Buffalo, 33 against Montreal, but they stopped playing down the stretch. Uh, 26 against Boston, and that one's disappointing because the Rangers actually played a very good first and second period. They had three shots in the third, being down by a goal. Uh, 32 against Ottawa, but again, six in the third. They stopped playing. 25 against Philly. Yeah, they won an OT, but that's unacceptable. Um, 26 uh, against the Caps um, in that game. Not, not tonight, the one that they uh, that they lost. And 31 against uh, Detroit, uh, which actually wasn't terrible, but still. We shouldn't be having this conversation where 30 shots is a good night for the Rangers because 30 shots is not a good night. And with the firepower they have, it's, it's 35 and above every night it should be, or at least well, 30 and above. Well, well, here's my thing, though. I, right now the Rangers are middle of the pack when it comes to shots per game. Um, there's teams above them that's not even going to sniff the playoffs, so that could be a misleading stat as far as shots per game. I would like to know more so – high quality of shots per game versus teams that are going to make the playoffs. Then we could really have a better discussion. But I think there's a there's, there's, that's the symptom of the issue because this is what you were talking about with Adam Fox. And I, I want to allude to this point. I'll go back to Carl because the range – I think this is a schematic uh, issue with the blue shirts or there's going to be flaws with the scheme where they use their defensemen to get deep, especially in the offensive zone. And and if they don't have a good quality of shot, uh, it may look like, you know, they're always on the defense with odd man rushes. I saw, I think, late in the second period uh, with Keandre Miller and Adam Fox deep in the in the offensive zone. And I'm like, man, they're, they're kind of – and I'm thinking to myself, they're deep. They're too deep to, to be out there uh, to try to, you know, keep the butt, you know, puck uh, behind the goal, opposing goalie's net. Uh, where Lindgren comes in, I, you know, when it's Adam Fox and, and Ryan Lindgren, Ryan Lindgren is more so, obviously, Lindgren is the moral stay-at-home, then uh, Girardi type of uh, take shots for the team kind of guy. He's always going to be back there to cover, like, free safety in the in the absence of Adam Fox. 
that's the same question I actually have for Adam Fox. I don't remember if Scott, you was on that episode or Scott or Carl, if he was there. I know I talked to Glenn about this, about before he went on a little bit of a tear right before the All-Star break, where it felt like Adam Fox's uh, season was a little not up to the par of what it was two seasons ago, but it's still a good season nonetheless. It's just that because the Rangers are trying to be more offensive-minded with their defensemen, and it leaves them hanging, especially the goalies, to make it look like they're, they, they're giving up bad goals here and there. Uh, they're defensively not as being sound because the guys are way past the blue line trying to make something happen offensively. I, I, and I think that's more of the scheme they want to play is whether you agree or disagree what they're doing with that is another question. I think Adam Fox is better when he has the puck crossing the blue line, onside, where he has the skating ability and the puck handling to make things happen assist-wise or a shot from the point versus trying to get deep into the uh, deep, deep in the uh, offensive zone and, and, get, and get dirty with opposing guys, you know, trying to take the puck, so on and so forth. I think the Rangers have a scheme issue, if you was to ask me. I don't necessarily have an issue with the shots. I think they had good quality shots. Like, for instance, they're, I don't think they have the top nine to get the – like, for instance, the two the, the Zabinajad goals tonight, the back pass by Tereschenko, the back pass by Panarin, they are at their best in the league when they're in the open ice because these guys can skate, they can create. But I think when you have your defense been in the kind of like almost in a half court offense per se or one third of the uh, the uh, the ice, that's where they run into problems. And, oh, and this is the other issue I have with the Buffalo game and then also in the Pittsburgh game. And I'll go to you, Carl. I I don't know the stat, Carl. I gotta see some sort of stat when it comes to puck retrieval. I have I, that is that does and they actually had that issue tonight with Washington, especially in the third period. It felt like the Rangers were having this bounce, bouncing puck around in between the circles, and they can never get the puck to either clear it or just control possession. They've been struggling with that even way before it came, honestly. And I think sometimes these bad goals that happened against Shesterkin, is some of it is his fault. But a lot of it is the defensemen like Truba, guys in the middle like Gaudreau. They may not get the puck clearly off of a, 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 a shot against a shot against them. And, and, and then the puck, they don't. Don't to me they don't retrieve the, the puck as they should as as good stick handlers stick handlers that they do have. I've seen that a lot tonight, even to the, tonight's game with Washington. They it felt that's why I felt like Washington was always in the zone for like it seemed like almost two minutes to shift at a time. I'm like, damn, get the damn puck. What what are your thoughts as far as that with Adam Fox, uh, Carl? Uh, the puck, the retrieval of the puck, the shot on tips of what Scott was saying, and then we'll get we'll go back to Scott so he can rant about the North Carolina Tar Heels. <laughs> so, so one criticism I heard someone say last week, I don't know if it was on TSN or if it was on, if it was on Rogers, they described the Rangers as, quote, too fancy. And when I heard those two words being uttered, I was like, yep. If you've watched the games, this is not a scheme thing because David Quinn got basically tuned out when he suggested that the team needed to shoot more players basically tuned that out and basically got him, got him fired. I'll just be honest. I'll just be very fair. That's, you know, we want them to shoot more. They have the talent and should be able to shoot more. But as we're still seeing, there is still one too many passes that are happening. 
there's mm-hmm. not a there's not the full on assault that you would think based on the the amount of high quality players that exist on the team where this would be you know something that would be in play they have they have chosen for whatever reason um you know some folks will say well we're looking for shot quality over shot quantity i've always argued that particularly in the postseason there is no shot that's bad because the small sample size of games bouncing puck rolling pucks things just happen and you know just to put that type of pressure to me i've always found that to be invaluable um i think steve you were talking about looking at the quality of shots um the rangers this season are 19th in the league in high danger chances for so just think about that for a second but they've actually allowed more high danger chances than they've created for themselves this season so if you just think about that that tells me that one they're not putting themselves in position to even create these opportunities to score more and conversely they're putting themselves at disadvantageous positions by allowing opponents to sort of dictate certain situations and then as we've seen actually in the last like five games basically i have been relying on igor to bail them out of bad defense and you know ooh, I, I was going to mention that tonight because as we've as we've seen him play better now my fear is that we have come to a point again where despite all the talent the team apparently has and i'm just going to put air quotes apparently because something tells me they may be a little bit slower than i'm thinking as i'm watching them play and a series against New Jersey might be a little bit more trickier than I thought, is that we're in a situation where it's basically Igor having to play Superman to bail the Rangers out. And I didn't think that we were going to be in that position, but I feel like we're trending in that direction again. And, you know, I remember saying a few weeks ago, you're not going to 5-2 your way through this. The way that they play, it's going to still take some time to get guys figured out, but a situation is developing I can, I can almost foresee where it's going to have to be basically Igor carrying the load and everybody else just sort of filling in here and there. Um, but in terms of puck retrieval, well, part of that also too, Steve, is the type of team structurally you have. You know, the Rangers are not a big that can impose themselves you know, physically on an opponent. You know, there's sometimes, I always, and Scott could probably talk to this, you know, when you go into the corner and you've got some guys that are coming in 6'3", 220, that are bearing down on you, you know, you, you, you might think a little bit differently about going into that corner. You know, conversely, if you've got guys like Kane, you know, Kane, Kane, listen, Kane's a you know, great player. You know, Hall of Famer's going to, you know, be, you know, inducted someday. But, you know, 5'11", 180 going in there, a little bit different. You know, some of these other guys, you know, Kreider will go into the corner, a couple other guys, but some guys may not play to their physical stature, while other guys are much more willing to sort of put their bodies on the line for that particular cause. And are the Rangers willing to do that? You know, one reason why they lost to Tampa Bay, I always think, looking back on it, is because, you know what, they were a little bit smallish. You know, Tampa Bay had a few more tougher, better players. 
Does that play itself out again this time around? We'll see. But it's something that as I'm just kind of just making notes to look ahead, you know, some of the some small things are just sort of sticking out. And if they end up losing, you might just add up all these little small things, and then that kind of gets your puzzle figured out. And Scott, any thoughts well, on that? Uh, and then also, if you could double down for your with your uh, rant you want to say on your on the college hoops as we're out of uh, so basically your final thoughts on blue shirts, and then we can jump to the other sport if you want to, you know. Chime in on that, and then we'll go back to Carl. All right, I'll give you the one-two punch uh, for my final. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree on, on the fourth line, uh, on the size. I mean, you know, Ryan Reeves was so big when he got here, not only for what he personally can do, um, but he, he instilled a toughness and a swagger that permeated the rest of the lineup, I think. Um, and, you know, I think the, I think in a sense we're better off without him because, yeah, Tampa was definitely a little tougher than us. I think, you know, I, I give the Rangers a lot of leeway in that just because of how crunched that schedule was and how many games with a little rest they had. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I think without that COVID crunch schedule, that's another one of those what could have been seasons, but that's another story for other time. But in any case, um, not only did their fourth line, I think um, – I think we could go toe-to-toe with them in size, but they scored a couple goals. And the fourth line has to be able to generate some offense every now and then. Like, we got a fourth-line goal the other day um, in, in, in the Pittsburgh game. Uh, who, who got it? Was it Mott? Mott from Goodrow the other way around? Um and that felt good. And actually, the fourth line was the, was the best line all day. Uh, so they definitely deserved that goal. So the fourth line, in addition to banging bodies and, and wearing down the other team, has to be able to generate a little offense. Now, I think we could do that. Um, and, you know, we've got fourth liners that when, when they start shuffling the lines, guys like Goodrow, who you can mix in uh, to, to the top six every now and then, um, you know, to throw some body around and Tyler Mott uh, as well. Um so the good news is, is they're talented enough, you know, our, our bigger heavy hitters to be able to play with, with the rest of the lineup. Uh, but are they big enough? Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think we have more of that swagger. Uh, I, I think, you know, that, that didn't leave when, when, when Reeves left. They, we, they definitely got that not going to get pushed around swagger, but that's not going to help them if they're physically not the size of Carl, like you said, you know, uh, of just – you know, just getting out work and, 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 and just out hit, you know, in, in the corners and not coming away with pucks. Uh, that might be a problem. I think that's definitely going to be a problem if they get to Boston. But you know what? Boston is a conference finals. And then, you know, <laughs> I would love to be having this conversation if it comes to it about a conference finals with Boston. But um, I think they size-wise are enough, you know, for either um, – if, if, you know, if, if we win, you know, it's going to be Carolina and New Jersey, possibly not necessarily in that order, but those, unless one of them gets upset, those will be the two teams we, we, we place. You know, I would like to have a little more size because both of those teams are not really, you know, big hitters either. And I think when we play a team like the Devils, with how young and fast and inexperienced they are, I think it's going to take some just, just cracking heads to, to throw them off their game uh to take over a series uh and i don't know if we have that uh 
you know, I, I think they're they're faster than they shouldn't be, really. But, uh, you know, they seem to be playing with a lot more confidence than we are. Uh, they seem to be faster. They seem to be having more fun out there these days. And, you know, I think the one thing that we that we should have is, you know, the, the ability to start crushing these guys into the boards and knocking them off their game. And I don't I, – I, I, I could use one more solid fourth liner. Uh, I think Kyler Mott was a huge acquisition to, to bring back. But um, I, I, I would feel a little more confident uh, with, with a little more size there uh, in, in that fourth line, I guess, is the answer. So as Steve was alluding to, uh, yeah, so we've also got March Madness going on. And for the first time in a while, Maryland, my, my alma mater is going back with a nice little eight seed. Like, uh, we've got uh, West Virginia. That's a winnable game. I don't expect much out of them. But uh, North Carolina made some, uh, made some headlines for – Making an NIT bid and declining it and not going and and I I don't know if it, either of you guys when when you get to it if you want to comment on that I think that's ridiculous you know every now and then you'll see that in football every now and then with a big name school like Notre Dame has done that in football where if they get a bowl game that they feel is you know beneath their stature they they will turn it down uh, and I've never been a big fan of that either but you know that's football you know if you want to you know if you have a, a we think as a national title contending team and you don't want to risk any long-term, you know, any knees or whatnot, you know, by playing a one stupid game, fine, so be it, whatever. Um, but in, in basketball, this is basketball, and I think you're, you're, you know, I don't know what went on in that team locker room meeting. I don't know if Roy Williams, you know, said we're not going, or if maybe the team took a vote and it was unanimous and none of them wanted to go. That's one thing. Um, but I, I think, you're, you know, I understand that college is not pure anymore. It is in, you know, minor league for the NBA. I'm not an idiot. I know that's what it, is. it shouldn't be, but that's what it is. That's where we're at. It's nothing more than a minor league for the NBA. Um, so we're not talking about like their scholastic experience or whatnot. I mean, there's still a few, but no, no, not, not in North Carolina. <laughs> so, you know, unless it was unanimous that none of them wanted to play in the NBA or in the NIT, I don't like that. I think it's kind of ridiculous, and you are taken away from their uh, from their experience. And you know, so we'll never know whose decision it was. Well, you know, and even even if even if it was unanimous and the whole team did, I think they have an obligation to go. Um, so yeah, so I, I take that back. I, I don't agree with it, no matter whose decision it was to turn down the NIT. But now I hate North Carolina, and Steve, as you know, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, with Maryland. <laughs> the ACC and it was always Duke, 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 Duke. I always hated Duke. But ever since that scandal with, with North Carolina, with the, uh, you know, they, they, they have what should be in theory, what the biggest college sports scandal in the history of the world where, you know, none of their athletes in any of their sports were going to classes for like 30 years. They were just given out like, like they would they would recruit these kids and just give them their diplomas they just keep this on ice until you get out of here you know they, they, they none of these kids were going to class and the ncaa gave them zero punishment they said well it's not a it's not a it's not an athletics problem it's, it's an academics problem yeah like that's the biggest cop out ever i mean the ncaa <laughs> is as useless as the u.n everybody knows that but i just that infuriated me that they get off scot-free with zero punishment for what in my mind is the biggest scandal in college history so I've always, so I've hated North Carolina oh, more than Duke. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, so if it was any other team but, but UNC at this point, so this NAT thing just infuriates me even more. I, you know, I, I'm not a big Roy Williams fan. I think he's kind of a douche. Um, so I don't know. Any other? Uh, well, do you guys want to? Hold on before, 
before we go to Carl, wait, Roy, Roy, Roy Williams is like the uh, some athletic. He's an athletic director or something, like because he's because Hubert Davis is the coach. Who like why 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 oh, why oh, he's he Roy right, Williams he stepped down. Okay, I'm sorry. You know what? That's how kind of out of the loop I am with ACC teams. Oh, okay. I forgot he's no longer the uh, the coach. So <laughs> I do apologize for that. I, right. You know, you, you fact you fact check me there. <laughs> I'm pushing like narratives over facts. I didn't know he was the new athletic director. I'm like, damn, why is this guy going hard on Roy Williams? <laughs> what a okay. Well, I didn't like him at the time, but in any case, just it's okay. So it's just it, it, yeah. it, you know, he's not the worst. John Calipari is the absolute worst mob boss of a coach in college, but that's, a, that's also a story. Also a story. I mean, this guy just leaves uh, a pile. This guy just leaves a wake of scandals wherever he goes. Um, <laughs> and then that's my uh, phrase of the day. Is that the story for another time? But in any case, so that's where I'm at. I'm just, I, I'm not happy about. I, I just don't. I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's childish and immature. That's where I'm at. So if anybody wants to field that uh, their opinion on it, um, UNC with you know the NIT being beneath their stature, uh, feel free to chime in. If you don't, you don't. That's what I got. Shout out to Scott, man. Thank you very much, man. I know we're out of time, but uh, Carl, your final thoughts on, on everything we discussed, and if you want to respond to that, man. That was it. That was that was hella funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're a big team and you get invited to the NIT, I'd reject it too. Um, I think there is no point um, in, in in for big schools like that to go to to that particular tournament. Um, I think North Carolina for the season. Basically, you know, dis- I mean, listen, their, their season was disappointing as it is. Um, but, you know, those big teams, when they play in those NIT tournaments, if you watch, and I barely, I make sure I don't watch many of those games, you know, you're, you're looking at arenas that maybe are a third full. The fans don't care. They, 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 that tells you all you need to know. So from that, just, just the embarrassment of a one-third full stadium or arena, I should say, to do what exactly? So from that standpoint, I would just reject it outright um, and and let some other you know let some other school go ahead and 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 make their way into a tournament. Maybe they win it and they can celebrate and have fun with that. Um, as far as the final thought, the NHL GM this meetings were this week, um, guys. And I don't know if you knew about this, but one of the things that they were discussing was revisiting of the instigator rule on clean hits in which guys are responding by trying to make guys drop the gloves. You may have noticed this on Sunday when our friend, uh, Mr. N- Mr. Truba, with the Truba Express made a delivery uh, uh, over the middle of the ice, and apparently the Penguins didn't like it. And this is, you know, I, I brought this up weeks ago. This thing has been pissing me off. And part of me is wondering, and Steve, you can probably close it out, is that if I attach the five-minute major to any guy that decided to do that, you know, trying to jump in and, and, and attack a player who le- le- levies a clean hit, would players think twice about doing that? And I feel like we might be reaching the point where that comes into play because general managers were mentioning this week that they are tired of having this happen where clean hits are being made on the ice and guys are, quote-unquote, being made to answer for these particular hits. And this, is, it's, this was not the way 10 years ago. This is not how it has been. This is just a recent phenomenon. And this has to stop immediately. Yeah, that's, that's changing the whole perspective of why they do things on the ice. Uh, Scott, you, Scott, if you can answer that in 10 seconds, I would like to get your thoughts, and then I'll wrap up. What's your response to that? Uh, in 10 seconds? Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. 
I think, um, you know, big hits are part of the game. You, I mean, that's, that's hockey. So big, clean hits, sh- yeah, you should not have to fight for that. And if you're going to challenge, there should be an absolutely instigator for that. Absolutely. Cool, cool. Shout-outs to Carl. Shout-outs to Scott. Great discussion, guys. Got a win. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. We've got a post-game versus the Hurricanes at home. Matter of fact, that'll be the, first, the front end of that back-to-back. Uh, that week, next week, next Tuesday, uh, post-game after uh, the Hurricanes. And um, good discussion with Scott and Carl and uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. It was a great discussion, man, because I think we talked about a lot, of, a lot of things. I don't think a lot of people – it's almost like an elephant in the room as far as the awareness of growing the sport or not or just being your own bubble or just for the hockey guys or do you want – where do you want to be, NHL? But uh, the, as far as the blue shirts – we got to get chemistry going, as we already know. Um, it's, it's almost like the, with the line changes and trying to figure things out. And like Carl said, and I totally agree with the overpassing. That was, I mean, they got to clean that up. I mean, I know they're trying to re- rework some magic, but the puck possessions and and and, and the quality of shots and the, the you know the stats that was a shout out about that. Yeah, we got to we got to start fine tuning this thing. The last fifteen. Sangre Sue, ladies and gentlemen, be back next Tuesday. Shouts to Scott. Shouts to Carl. We're out. We blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.